so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance at All the real Celtics fans in attendance This the truth like 34 This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars The crowd goes crazy Most in-depth coverage on the daily Mainly podcast royalty The content kings When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings Focus like Danny at the deadline Global with it got a local feel like the red line The blue line, the green line Play it in between time I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime And press play When the F's done I can't wait until the next day Trying to stay in tune with the C's That's the best way Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing right now. However, you're listening to the show, watching the show on YouTube. Thank you so much for the people who have subscribed to the YouTube channel. Really getting a lot of people subscribing. You should subscribe if you're just listening or watching right now. Uh, it's it's starting to take off, and I can't, I can't be more appreciative of everybody who has subscribed to the YouTube channel. I'm John Corrales. I, ho- I cover the Boston Celtics. For Boston Sports Journal, I host the show Monday through Friday, and I'm the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that if you regular watchers know, notice behind me, I usually have three. I'm down to two because those are the last two books. People have been ordering them off my website, johncorrales.com. 30 bucks for a signed copy. People have been getting them as gifts for Father's Day. I'm getting a new shipment in soon, but if you guys want to grab these last two, go for it. I'll figure out a different way to decorate the background. I really do appreciate you going to johncorrales.com and picking up the books. Today is... The Robert Williams Show. I've been doing individual shows throughout the week. This is the Robert Williams Show, uh, talking about off-season decisions about Robert Williams. And this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment, which is new, coming up later in the episode. And so when it comes to talking about Robert Williams, I had like a super late epiphany. I got to get Chris Forsberg from NBC Sports Boston, noted Robert Williams aficionado, to come on in and discuss the offseason decisions. Uh, Chris Forsberg, how you doing, man? So, uh, one, I was very appreciative. I, I will not lie. I was. Uh, it's a little late, and I might have started packing up the equipment for the day, thinking, oh, you know, sure. I recorded my pod earlier. Uh, and then I said, no, I'm going to set it all right back up. Uh, <laughs> d- d- Desperate times cause for desperate measures. If there's Rob Williams to be talked about, I was uh, I, I have to be available for that. That's like part of being the president of the fan club requires you to be ready at all hours it was, for for Robert Williams talk. So uh, here we are. It was hilarious because I was like, I don't know, I was having a, like a late dinner. I was I was out watching the uh, the Brooklyn Nets game, and I'm thinking like, all right, how am I going to do this podcast? Like trying to outline it in my head as I'm like having my dinner. I'm like, wait a minute, why haven't I reached out to Forsberg yet? So like, oh, ultra shot in the dark. This is my ultra shot in the dark moment. And you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. So, so, uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, one, I appreciate it. I'm glad you were out to dinner because you allowed us to watch the end of the buck game, which was hilariously bad. Oh my God. And, uh, I was glad I didn't like tie you up podcasting while that was going on Two, uh, do you have to change the intro song now that like it says, yes, the deadline? yes, yeah. that's going to be a mm. thing. So I started in the middle of the season, I started to do a search for a new song and mm. the season got so crazy that I kind of abandoned it. And so now that the off season is here, I am going to rekindle this search. We're going to do a search nice. for a new intro song. Basically, um, I want to do like a local, 
local artists and try and, you know, get them some exposure. I'll do a whole contest thing. I'm trying to get Millie's who, who did this song to, to be mm. a judge on it. So we'll do like an American Idol style kind of search for a new we, song. But we, we just had a Medford rapper on uh, Celtics post up today. Bia. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm just throwing the flag up. Like, sure. You know, if, if you've got a local band, like if, Aerosmith is watching this. If uh, <laughs> local up and comers Aerosmith, <laughs> if, if, I mean, like that, that little band that might might become something. If uh, Jay Giles or whoever is left of Jay Giles is, sure. uh, is watching, yeah, like I'm. Uh, that's that's all I've got. I, 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 I would I no love music. to relaunch a '70s band's career as a podcast <laughs> theme. And just have them go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and be like, well, if it wasn't for the Locked On Celtics theme song search, <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now. So, uh, all right, let's 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 get into some of this Robert Williams talk, which I think it, it's pretty, the consensus is pretty clear. Like, Robert Williams is the, he should be the starting center. Um, but, but. Why do you got to throw those butts in there? Because, you know, <laughs> We'll start with the hip issue because mm-hmm. that's the that's the overarching kind of that's the elephant in the room. Let's say. It, are we gonna, wait? Are we going to do a segment on every injury that he has? Or no? Like, <laughs> I okay. think we'll do the all encompassing. <laughs> We're going to this going to be like a part five part series. <laughs> uh, but no, but the, like the hip injury is the big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, let me throw this out there. Let, let, since we're talking about all of the injuries, we have left hip injury. We have left mm-hmm. ankle injury. We have left turf toe thing. Everything's on his left side. I have this theory that there's some sort of like physiological thing with Robert Williams that all of those injuries are on the left side. And I don't know if it's because he's he can be a one-foot jumper and he's mm-hmm. always pushing off that foot or if he just has like a thing where one leg is like a tiny bit shorter than the other and that's a what whatever, but Everything's happening on his left side, and the hip injury is a recurring thing that, looking back today on some of the the Brad Stevens quotes, it felt very Kemba Walker-ish with how they were treating his 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 hip. Are you trying to hurt me immediately off the top of the show? I'm but, challenging uh, you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I never really noticed that. I don't know. My, my first thought was like compensation, and maybe he has like a right side issue that is causing him to lean too much on that left side, but you know, irregardless, like uh, just as you said, that that's like, that's a concern. Like in general, his health is a concern in every conversation that you start talking about, whether it's their ability to lean on him as the starting center, whether it's the, the extension that we'll get into, it all comes back to health, right? Like you need to be able to lean on this guy, especially on a team that has been so ravaged by injuries for the better part of let's see what was 2009 in kg so 12 years now it feels like it's constantly comes back to injuries with uh even their most uh important players so i i can't like sit here and try and sugarcoat it i will we'll say this i i, I kind of go back to this like the celtics know more than we do right or we right. think they they know more than we do so that gives them some uh, at least difference of confidence than we might have trying to make this discussion because they can say oh this hip it's not a big deal like and i think i've heard brad stevens try to explain it away a couple times saying like we're not worried long term these are all like little things that have bubbled up i don't know if i'm quite as bullish because you know when things continue to happen and the guy just can't stay healthy it's it's always a concern uh but yeah i guess uh, you know in in my 
uh, overly optimistic world, I'd sit there and say, yeah, hopefully these are just freak things. Like who gets turf toe? Who, right. who has a, you know, a bum hip that keeps you out for three months? And, you know, so, so hopefully it's, it, but it certainly is part of the conversation. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm really not worried about the turf toe that, that stuff happens, you know, sprained ankles happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Th- those things, they, they happen. Um, I, the, the hip thing as, as we're looking at and evaluating Robert Williams, uh, it's, it's the biggest concern that I have because is he going to come back? Is it going to, is it going to hinder him in the off season? Because he has a lot of work to do to shore some things up and, and he's made such strides, uh, without having much off season work time, considering how his the first three years of his career have gone, but he still has a lot of work to do, uh, you, some strengthening stuff to do all of that. And if, if he's at all hindered by this hip in the off season, that hurts his development for the regular season. And if they, if they have to worry about, we need a third center next year. Mm-hmm. Like they, let's say they have, okay, we got Tristan Thompson. Let's just pretend Tristan Thompson's going to be there all year. You got Robert Williams. Those are your two centers. Generally, you're pretty good with that. But if there's concern over that, then you, what do you keep Luke Cornett or you go find somebody else? That's a roster spot. That's salary that we know is a concern for this team. Like it's not just, is he durable? What's the extension stuff? It's do you need to use an extra roster spot that could be a flyer on another guy that could be an open spot that you keep for a two for one type of trade Anything like that, and, and, and every dollar counts towards the tax, yeah. which is an issue. Yeah. All of that is rolled into how durable Robert Williams is, and, and that's part of the, the calculus. When If you have to keep Luke Cornett and pay $2 million to Luke Cornett, fine, he's never going to play or he's going to barely play, but that's $2 million in a guy that's on the roster. Yeah, but I feel like they're gonna have they're gonna have a full roster no matter what. Maybe keep one spot open or just try to kind of save some money there. But you know, okay, then then sign two way players that you can actually lean on. You know, like all right, the taco experiment has been fun, but like there is not a scenario in which Brad Stevens can consistently lean on Taco Fall without fear that there's either going to be matchups or you know the the, the, the how much you can lean on them. You know, it'd be nice if you had a Moses Brown you could throw in there and feel pretty comfortable getting production out of so i think that comes back to me through a roster construction thing i think the other thing i you know i think is like i'm not sure tristan thompson's back i feel like oh no you no. know right like i mean there's just there's a world where it does happen like you're just so constrained that you either can't move that deal or or whatever you have to bring him back but I, in my I, my assumption that i'm operating with is that the celtics will have a 1b center who they can consistently lean on who is probably a floor stretcher and plays somewhere between 24 minutes and or you know 20 to 24 minutes when Rob's healthy, but can also play 30 to 34 minutes when Rob is not healthy because you just have to plan for that in instances, and that's unfortunate. But that just might be part of the package with Rob is you just need to have a backup plan until he can show you that full bill of health and maybe make you feel a little bit more confident that he can be upright for for longer stretches. Well, that, and that goes back into the point that I was making, like, okay, let's say they trade Tristan Thompson, which I'm all for, but they bring in that one B center. Let's forget about who it might be. That one B center, like you said, might have to be a one a center. And normally under normal circumstances, 
Robert Williams is the starter. Like, I feel a million percent sure that under normal circumstances, Robert Williams is your starter next year. You play him 34 minutes a game. That's great. That's going to be part of a really good team. But Brad Stevens, now in charge of the entire team, he knows better than anybody. What's he going to do? Does he trade Tristan Thompson? Does he keep Tristan Thompson? Does he add another center? I think a lot of the decisions that Brad Stevens makes this offseason are going to be so telling about things that we weren't sure about during mm-hmm. the season. And, and this is going to be one of them where how he structures his center rotation for whomever the new coach is going to be tells us a lot because if, if we hear that Tristan Thompson is not really available and trade discussions never materialized and they bring in a third center that is like, wow, this guy might deserve some minutes. That tells me a lot about what they think about Robert Williams durability. Because we all know that they love him as a player. So that that's just one more thing to watch for uh, when it comes to Brad Stevens' Steven's decisions. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a, a moment here. Let's take a break and go to one of our new segments, courtesy of Michelob Ultra. Uh, Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And today we're going to enjoy this new segment called the, the segment called the Ultra Moment. And it could be, you know, I, I have free reign with the ultra moment. Ultra moment of whatever. Today we're talking about Robert Williams. We're going to go with our favorite, the ultra moment of the season from Robert Williams or a play involving Robert Williams. Do you do you have one in mind or do you want me to go first? All of them. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you allowing me. Uh, um, you know, yes. I mean, it's it's hard not to like gravitate towards that playoff game against the Nets and the nine blocks and all that. But you know, I, I, I yeah, there were other moments throughout the season that you know made me feel good about where Rob is at and and his development. Um, it's weird. I, I get. I guess I get fixated on the numbers. Like, it, it, but like. He's got a five by five game coming, and I don't know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, if I had to pick individual moments, I'm trying to think. Unfortunately, his bad passes are the first one that jumped to mind. So right. it was like <laughs> outlet transition passes where I'm like, Rob, what are we doing? Uh, and yet, every hot uh, potato I, moment in the backcourt where he gets a rebound and just dumps it mm-hmm. off real quick without landing, and you're like, what? What I love is that he at least acknowledges it too, where he's like. I just like, it's my instinct to move the ball. And it's like, Rob, it's great. Like the complete opposite with the other center who gets an offensive rebound and never even looks at the wide open guy, at the three point line. I appreciate your, your instinct to, to immediately move that ball. But uh, yeah, like I think that, that unfortunately uh, is, 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 that's not his ultra moment, but it, it reminds me that as good as Robert Williams has been, there's still like a whole bunch of areas that he can improve. So uh, he'll have a lot more Mick ultra moments sure. moving forward. Totally. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make mine, uh, and this this might have been the play, the Michelob Ultra moment of the season, uh, Celtics Lakers, where Jason Tatum steals the ball and behind his back flips Ooh, it down the court, and he flips it to Robert Williams who's streaking down the court, and so it it technically counts as a Robert Williams Michelob Ultra play, but. It's really Jason Tatum's play, but they combined to make it that play. Um, I like it, obviously. If, 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 if I had to pick one from that Nets game, I would say the deterring Harden on the drive, which we all yes. said, oh my God, ISO. 
and then blocking the step back. Like that was an absurd moment for Robert Williams. But like, yeah, in general, like I, I like that one too. Cause that was, I mean, that was Jason Tatum uh, being, being soft. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I, you know, I would have said like any, any three pointer that Robert Williams blocked on the perimeters is also like a great choice. Um, and, and we know that every one of these plays has made us, uh, has given us joy and happiness. And we know that it's only worth it. If you enjoy it, we enjoy Robert Williams a lot at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy's joy creates success and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game with Robert Williams. We're going to come back in a moment to continue the conversation with Chris Forsberg. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra sponsors basically everything with us now. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. If you haven't heard, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And frankly, I'll bring Chris back in for this, just because... (laughs) How many Michelob Ultras did you need to enjoy the end of that Brooklyn Milwaukee game? Uh, I'm on number seven right now because um, <laughs> good thing there's only like 2.6 cards or whatever because uh, that was, I mean, from just everything about it was ridiculous. Like the fact that all of a sudden the Nets totally forgot how to play offense, the, the Bucks too, that Kevin Durant was on the heater of all heaters, like this series is over. And that Bruce Brown Bruce pulls Brown. a Carlton moment and, and tries to win that game. Like, what is happening in our world right now? And I, I like, I'll selfishly admit, we're not supposed to like, you know, obviously as journalists, we're not like rooting or whatever. But I was very bullish as the Nets were wiping the floor with the Celtics uh, that the the Nets were going to win against the Bucks, and that you know nothing about what the Bucks have shown me throughout the year, and, and it really the regular season didn't matter. But their playoff history suggested to me that I shouldn't be particularly bullish on what they could do. Because I've sat here for the past two years going, Bucks, 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 they're great, they're great. And then, you know, now this always happens. So uh, I, I kind of just wanted the Nets to, as crazy as that sounds, like for a, for, for someone who's from here to, to be like, oh, just go Nets. But, like, the Nets are really stinking good. And yeah. if you're just going to, if you're going to win that series, just get it over with. Give me, give me whatever's next. Like, give me them against Embiid or whatever happens in that series. So, uh, yeah, infuriating end to that to that game, and uh, like Bruce Brown should be should be like locked in a room and made watch that clip over and over <laughs> again, such that he will always give the ball to Kevin Durant, who still almost put that game into overtime, right? With a crazy three point, right? I, mean, I think I think Bruce Brown had a few Michelob Ultras before those plays. It's, it's probably a good <laughs> shout out, shout out, Boston guy, but you know <laughs> that happens. Love you, buddy, but whew, pass the ball to Kevin Durant. Uh, all right, let's continue the conversation. Uh, on Robert Williams, who let, let's let's I want to talk about the good stuff here in this in this mm-hmm. segment because as I alluded to before, so I'm not counting the off season between his rookie season and in, in here and, and his is between college and his rookie season um, because that's not you don't really have a lot from the team you don't know what to expect he comes in his rookie year that's eighteen nineteen so the summer of nineteen becomes his first real offseason. We get a, a glimpse of him in Summer League. We start to see a bunch of his passing. That's the first that I saw in that 19 Summer League of his real passing ability. You were like, whoa, he's kind of slinging it out there. Uh, then he comes in 
his rookie year is like he he should have spent a lot of time in the G League, but the Baines and Horford injuries kept him in Boston. Then he had the hip injury that cost him like 30 plus games. And so half his sophomore season is wiped out, plus the uh, pandemic hits. And then he's in the bubble. And then there's the quick turnaround. And now we had this season and all of the stuff that happened this season. He, the fact that he emerged as kind of like the consensus, yeah, he should be starting, to me mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing that with the complete lack of the, the one thing that I thought he needed, which was playing time, that he got to this point. I don't know if you're as surprised as I am because I am like really, really impressed that he got to this point. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, obviously I, I, I'm, I'm totally biased here because I, I could see the glimpses and I wanted to see more of it. And I understood why we didn't always see it. And, and obviously Brad's trust was a big thing and, you know, why anybody plays and, and, you know, not being available and then being there for, like you said, those injuries when he should have been in the G League, maybe being able to show what he could do more at that point. So it was a, it was a, it was a rough patch there, but, you know, I do think it just hit a point even or maybe midway through this year where it was like, man, every time he plays 20 minutes, they did like really good things happen, but he's so rarely hit 20 minutes that it was almost flabbergasting that it didn't happen more often. And so, you know, like I can, I can sit here and, and, and kill the Celtics that, you know, was moving Tice the right move? Like clearly not. They needed somebody at, by the end of the season that could have stretched the floor and given you a little bit uh, more of a offensive versatility, especially as Rob's dealing with these injuries. But I also understand it. Like, they needed to clear that playing time for him. They were committed to Tristan. And, you know, should they, could they have swallowed hard on Tristan and maybe made a tougher decision there? And how would that have come? Like, backlash from signing a guy and, and then moving him? I don't know. So, like, there's all things you can second-guess it in the aftermath. But uh, I'm glad they committed to Rob. Like, for me, it always comes back to this. There, there's a demarcation point where you have to just figure out what you've got. Like sometimes guys just don't play, they don't play, they don't play, and then we get to the like uh, two months before their rookie extension eligible, and we're like, "What are they? Right? You know, are you paying for this?" And I think they had to legitimately figure out what is Rob. Now I don't know if that changes anything going into this summer, um, you know, because of all the variables involved. But at least I know, like, if he's healthy, he is a legitimate NBA starter caliber center who makes this team better in a variety of ways. And I think they needed to figure that out. So even if I'm just looking back on positives that came out of this year, to me, that's a huge one. Like they had finally just committed to figuring out what they got in Rob. And now again, injuries throw some, some craziness into this, but I think they're a lot more confident that if they do end up paying this summer, or even if it's further down the road, that they have a player that can be a difference maker for them. Yeah, and the thing about what Robert Williams became this year is he he had shown, like, all right, pick and roll, roll hard. Everybody wants to throw him a lob. We know how that's going to go. And then defensively, he's, you know, he he had his moments. He had some lapses and whatever, but, you know, he he's like a pogo stick, and when something, when when a play needs to be made, he's there to block shots and and, and generally be okay. That was the baseline for him. But then this season he got out onto the perimeter offensively and was dribble handoffs. It was the, the handbacks. It was the, the really high pick and rolls and the passing out of that high post. And that level of, wow, we need to 
have Robert Williams out there, not because he he only puts pressure on the defense while he rolls to the rim, but because when he runs the ball, when we run the ball through him in the high post, our guys can really start cutting hard and he's going to find them. That, to me, is the biggest development. The, if he was just the roller, the, you know, the dunker, the, you know, the Clint Capella type yeah. that everybody wants to compare him to, like, okay, like, that's nice. But to me, that becomes a two-headed center type of thing where I would have gotten really, really mad about losing Daniel Tice because the combination of those two is like the difference between throwing a, a fastball pitcher out there and a junk ball pitcher out there. And, but now with this other development, it's to me unquestioned that you need Robert Williams out there as an offensive threat because he, along with Marcus Smart, is your best passer. And you run the ball. If Marcus Smart and, and he are out there running pick and roll, it's not just him putting pressure on the rim. Marcus, you can actually run a pick and pop, and he's not really popping – but what he does is he pops out and then a guy comes up from the corner, the guy who was who was spotting up in the corner, if it's like Jalen Brown. Now, instead of him being a floor spacer, you pop it out to Robert Williams. Now you run a dribble handoff with Jalen Brown. And that pick and pop becomes not the traditional he's a shooting threat. It becomes, oh shit, now there's another action that we've got to defend here. And that becomes super, super problematic and almost impossible to defend if they can get that working, if he's out there. And he's got that sneaky mid-range game too. Like, I, I feel like, it's like such am I confident he's going to shoot a high percentage? set shot, but it's there. I, it's there. I'm telling you, if he's got space, which they're going to give him until he like starts making it consistently. So, but that's again, that's it. Like I can see the base for what he can be. And like, it just keeps evolving. Like, at some point in his career, he'll shoot threes. Like, I don't know when it'll happen. And it's like, it's not a priority right now. But they will eventually have Robert Williams shooting threes. That's just what they do. And so I don't know if it'll be – I have no idea if it's going to be a high percentage. You know, if you told me five years ago that Aaron Baines was going to be a 40% three-point shooter for this team, (laughs) I would have been, like, laughing at you. But these things happen. And, you know, with more time on the court – again, I don't think he's going to come back next year and have that in his arsenal, but I can see it down the road. So uh, you just kind of – you you know that the base is there. So much of watching this team in the post-Horford era – was like, oh my god! Like they desperately need a guy in the high post who can facilitate, and nobody on their roster could do it except for Robert Williams. And so uh, it, it's just so much of what he does is vital to to what they do. And more importantly, uh, let's not forget that Jason Tatum came out and said, "My favorite guy right. to play with," you know. And who are you trying to please That's moving true. forward? That's Jason true. Tatum. So for me, it comes down to like there's a lot of arrows in the figure out how this works. And I don't know if you got to get him some bubble wrap for the off season and post game and all that, but like, let's figure out how to keep Robert Williams on the court. And, uh, you know, maybe you won't go through a 500 season, right? Get, get him some of those hip exercises, something. All right. That's a great place to move on to the next segment, which will be, what does Brad Stevens do with Robert Williams? And it can be anything from, you know, letting him go in a deal. Sorry. We have to talk about that, Chris to extending him right now but we're going to talk about that in just a moment Uh, right now I'm going to talk about BetOnline who is another sponsor of this show 
and the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whatever you want to bet on, you can bet on all of the basketball playoffs, international sports, anything. It's all available on Bet Online. Uh, go and check out the uh, they got the latest sporting odds, the, your your uh, your sign up bonuses, uh, contact contest information. Uh, use your laptop, use your mobile device, and use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus whenever you sign up and make your first deposit. So if you sign up, use the promo code Locked On and make a hundred dollar deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. If you win a few bucks on Bet Online, then you can head on over to Built Bar and stock up on the best tasting protein bar in the market. It's like a candy bar that's healthy for you. That's what they look like. Go on over to BuiltBar.com. You'll see it. It's all on the front page. And if you scroll over the different flavors like coconut or mint brownie or salted caramel, you'll see what the nutrition facts are because they're not going to hide anything. Generally, you're getting somewhere around 17, 18 grams of protein, somewhere between 130, 180 calories, and about four or five grams of sugar. It's very uh, nutritious and delicious, and it fits into the keto diet. If you're on a keto diet, if you've got nut allergies, they've got flavors that can accommodate those as well. They've also got a promo code LOCKED15 if you go on over to BuiltBar.com. They're also giving away coolers right now with with your order, so hey, why not? Get one of those little personal coolers. With the promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Okay, we've talked about the worries with Robert Williams, and which basically the injuries. We've we've sung his praises, and now it's time to play president of basketball operations, Brad Stevens. Bring Chris Forsberg from NBC Sports Boston back in. To well, can Bet Online AG get me some odds on Rob for all defense next year? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a call in and Just see. Just asking, see asking for can, a friend. Yeah, yeah. Me. We'll see what we can get on there. I'm sure after the season's over, we get some. I, I bet you can actually get some some pretty good odds on that. You think you're you're, you're that's why I'm asking. You're feeling you're feeling pretty good about that, huh? Did you see the way the Nets were like deterred from going to the basket whenever Rob Williams is in there? Hundred percent. Just the block shots thing. Yeah. You know. I so, I will uh, say I'm so upset that they didn't have Jalen and they didn't have Rob mm-hmm. in that series. Um, that first round was the was the round to get Brooklyn and that matchup. With Jalen and Rob back there, that that's the exact right type of matchup that at least could be a little bit more of a speed bump, but neither here nor there. Robert Williams yeah. is We're not looking back, we're we're looking forward. Forward. Brad Stevens is in charge now, not of the the you know coaching, but of, do, do, do people know that? The, is that a thing? That's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> I keep having to say it because I can't weird, right? believe it. You know, mm-hmm. that the Brad Thanks. Stevens is the president of basketball operations continues to be bizarre. Um, and maybe until they hire a coach and we start talking to the new coach, maybe it'll, it'll settle in, but I'm still like kind of not sure about that. But anyway, so Rob is extension eligible. I know you want to give him a max contract. 
but, as Supermax. Like, Supermax. like if it's all NBA or I don't know what he'd have to do to trigger it, but yeah. um, I feel like I, I can find a roadmap for it. But yeah, go ahead. But no, let's 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 talk about it. Like, legitimately, I think the the big question with Robert Williams is: Do the Celtics try to lock him up and see if they can get like a a little bit more team friendly? Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's twenty three. He's going to turn twenty four in October, right? So, um, if you if you get him a three or four year deal, he'll be twenty seven, twenty eight, still within range of getting plenty of money in his next contract. But the theory is three or four years. I don't know what number what number are you looking at. Are you looking at ten million a year? Is 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 three years thirty or four years forty? You think that's acceptable? You have to go up to fifty. Uh, or, or, or what? And, and I guess just to finish the point, the theory is you give him the four years of, Hey, in case your hip doesn't really pan out, you've got this stability. You, you're going to get 40, $50 million. No problem. Bank that you're, you're still set for life. And you're, but if your hip is good and you outperform that, then, you know, you, you come out in at 28 years old and be like, pay me back up that brain truck. What's a good contract, do you think, for you? There is a sweet spot. I don't know what it is. I think maybe we have to let the market dictate it based on what people get paid this offseason and you know, maybe use that as leverage. Okay, so Player X, who is, you know, is a starting center in this league, just got 460. You know, let's use that as a baseline. Is that, is that a deal that would get it done with Rob? And I know people will sit there and cringe and say, oh, my God, you know, you're going to pay this guy $15 million a year when he can't stay on the floor. Um, but I think you have to balance it with if he does stay on the floor this year, if he does play 65, 75 games and he's good, that number gets crazy in a hurry. Like, you know, there are always going to be teams that are willing to pay, especially for that position and players that are unique. There's just not a lot of Robert Williams in the league when he plays to his potential. So, you know, as much as it, it might be a, 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 a tough moment, like for the Celtics to say, okay, we got already have, we already have luxury tax concerns. You know, okay, this deal wouldn't kick in until next season, but you're still in a position where the money's going up and maybe it hinges on what you're going to do with Kemba Walker. Maybe it hinges on if you're bringing back Evan Fournier. Maybe it's just, a, it, it, it all comes down to the path for Brad. Like what, what, how is he building this thing out? And if there's, a room where you know you just want to lock up your key pieces, and Rob is part of that group in his mind. Then I do think you can find a sweet spot. Actually, you know, I don't. I, I, I swear to God, I don't like to shamelessly plug, but I had Bobby Marks from ESPN on the podcast today, and he brought up a point that I had not considered to this point, and that's that there's a new influx of TV money coming yep. within the next couple of years. And the cap, which is obviously stagnant right now, coming out of the pandemic, and just really hasn't—it's it, going to explode at some point. And we we go through this every couple of years, where Marcus Smart signs for four fifty-eight or whatever that, that deal was. We go, ah, it's a lot of money for Marcus Smart. And then we get here in year four, and we're like, holy shit, Marcus Smart is making fourteen million dollars a year. What a deal! Yeah. And like he's their best tradable asset. And so there's a world where. Maybe it's an overspend now to keep Robert Williams, but like long term, it could be pennies on the dollar based on what percentage of the cap it accounts for. And you're already got Jason uh, Jalen Brown on a sweetheart of a deal. If Jason Tatum doesn't make All NBA, all of a sudden that's a little bit more digestible. So now if you can get Rob, like as much as we're sitting here saying how are they going to skirt, 
you know, all these luxury tax issues they've got right now with this roster, it, there is a world where it gets a little easier moving forward, especially as Kemba comes off the book. So for me, like, and again, I'm biased, like I'm prefacing everything in this conversation, I'm probably more likely to splurge to get that asset at what I think is, you know, might again, might not seem like a, a great number right now, but I think will be down the road because if all of a sudden you, he has a good year and you're, you're north of Clint Capella money, then it gets really tough to build this thing up. Yeah. Um, I That TV deal has been in the back of my mind since I first heard about it. That first, the first year of that TV deal is the year where Tatum can opt out. So that new oh. TV deal, like Tatum is the first, first player or that, that crop of players that Tatum can be like, yeah, I'm going to opt out of that. He's so I'm just letting everybody know, just a side note. It's a million percent guaranteed that Tatum is going to opt out of that last year because he's going to be renegotiating against that new salary cap. Ooh. So get ready for $50 million a year, Jason Tatum, like to start that he, he might be the first like $300 million player in the league. But aside, aside from that, the reason why I do think that that's a big deal is and it's very, I say this a million times on this podcast, very easy for me to spend Wick Rousebeck's money. But in a few years, that salary cap is going to explode. And yeah, you're going to be spending that money, but also that is a 50-50 split between the players and the owners. And so the Celtics ownership group has to understand like, you know, in a few years, we're going to be getting a whole lot of money. This year, they there's all this talk about what they're willing to pay in taxes. And again, easy for me to spend his money, but okay, maybe you pay a little bit more in taxes now, but you know that in three or four years, whatever that year is, you're one of that new deal is going to be, you're going to get that money back and plenty more. So I say the Celtics should just suck it up. And, and maybe that means you don't even have to deal Kemba and, and who knows the bleacher report says that he wants out or whatever. I don't know how that's going to play out. Can, but can, no, no, can, we, can we just, can we just put that to bed? Like, I, I, I don't know what that is. It's over caffeinated speculation where people are trying to connect dots and it's yeah. like the Celtics have a Kemba problem. There's no one doubts that, but right. is that the point where they need a divorce? Like, come on. No. Like, and no. the Celtics would be foolish to move Kemba Walker in a situation where they'd have to pay either draft capital or take on a really onerous contract. Like their best bet is to be patient with Kemba. And it makes me want to scream and yell at my TV when, uh, now I've had to deal with two days of, (laughs) could they trade him to the Knicks? And I'm like, what what Knicks trade do we have? That makes any sense. Right. Like I can see, I can understand some, some of the deals that are thrown out there. I've thrown out a couple myself that don't return exactly the right, uh, return for, for Kemba, but, um, could still get a useful player and blah, 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 and save him money. But point is you already have Kemba Walker. He's, he's still good. Like he's still good. People do not want to admit that he's still good. New coach, Brad moves upstairs. Very easy for them to be like, Hey, you know what? Now Kemba, you're a six man. Like we're moving, we're moving Fournier into the, into the starting lineup or we're moving maybe Aaron Neesmith or, or Romeo Langford come in, whatever, whatever, whatever. If you can keep Kemba and, and bring back Fournier and extend 
Robert Williams, which would not even take effect into next year, would take effect the year after, then just just go for it. Just go for it. It doesn't affect you. It's not like by bringing Kemba back, you can't sign a free agent. Like You can't sign a free agent anyway. It has no impact on who you can bring in and who you don't bring in. You still have that $11 million traded player exception that you can trade for somebody to bring them in. Why not just go for the depth and just go for it? And if Tatum comes back as an MVP candidate and Jalen Brown comes back as a, a, an all-star starter level, then you're good. But anyway. Um, the other thing is go, go for it. And if you're not in the mix, then trade deadlines there, you can figure it out. Like that's not a decision that has to be made right now. Right. So, you know, like I, I know patience is tough for all of us involved. Like I understand I the fan base is, gets rowdy, but like I just think sometimes – you have to uh, you have to understand the way this works, and you know it's not as easy as let's just go trade them for someone else's damaged goods. Right, right. So, just to wrap up the Robert Williams things, I, I I think that extending him. What's your number? What, what what's what's your number you're okay. comfortable with? If I we, mean, if like we, if so. You were Robert- I if if we want to go long term and say four years, and we could even make the fourth year like a player option. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm bad business, but yeah, no bad business. Sure. But like, I'm a terrible GM, so I admit that I'm a terrible GM, but okay. So let's throw, th- take, take the player option out. If you say, if you want four years, we'll, we'll give you, I don't know. What's that? Uh, 40, I, I can go up, at, up to 50 for four years. I think that that's a, a good number. Um, if you want to go three, uh, maybe you can bump it up a little bit and say three for, what is that? 40, 45 or 40, whatever that somewhere in that, that range. Like, I'm, okay. You know, somewhere in that range. Like I, I think I can go as high as 15, but 15 is if I'm Brad Stevens, 15 is the, I'm not a hundred percent sure about your hip, but I feel good about your hip. Just, work on this and I feel I feel comfortable that you're going to get through the season knowing that maybe we'll have to sit you from time to time. If it's right. lower than that, if it's like 10 or 12, it'd be like, look, I'm not 100% sold on your hip. I think we're going to have to sit you for a while. I think it's going to be a problem. We'll give you the 10 because we know that when you're in there, if we can manage it, you're really good and we need you. So take the 40 plus 45 for four years, get your $45 million guaranteed Bank that, know that you're going to have that for the rest of your life. You'll live a very comfortable life with that amount of money. And then if things go better for you than, than you think, then in four years, you're going to be 28 years old, break the bank, get your 20 million a year and have fun with that money, you know, but that that's in that range is, is about where I think I'd settle. The question is, do we think yeah. Robert Williams would go for it? Yeah, I don't know. Like I thought my, my instinct was to say his agent, Kevin Bradbury, would be like, nah, you know, like, well, we'll just ride this thing out because you could probably get the low end money. Like, that, you know, it, it, you're talking about at $10 million, you're talking about mid level money. And there's going to be an ample amount of teams or like sure, non tax sure, teams yeah, that yeah, could yeah. pay that. So maybe you bump and it up a so little it, bit. It's, yeah, so, and then, so it then becomes like, where are you willing to give a little bit? So I, I, you brought up the player option, which I hate because invariably they put you in tough spots and it's bad business to have them. And our friend Danger Card heads explodes every time the Celtics do one because it invariably has come back to bite them. Totally admit but, that, yes. But, you know, if that's okay, if you can get him at 
three years, 15, $16 million, but you have to give them that fourth year option, but you don't have to go all of a sudden up to 18 or whatever, you know, then I consider it. And again, I know that number is going to sound prohibitive, but I think if you went through and looked at what NBA starter caliber centers make, you know, you're, you're going to be paying high. Like look at the deal Clint Capella got. And so, you know, look at the, the deal that John Collins is going to get, like, look at like all the sort of comps that we default to with, with the way that, that, that he plays. And I think you're going to see, it's going to get prohibitive. So, um, you know, but I am willing to, to budge a little bit that there is, there, again, there is a sweet spot there. And so, I don't know, it comes down to, you know, that's a hard conversation that, that Rob and his agent have to have is like, what number are you okay with? Like you might be sacrificing a good chunk of money, but you know, you also might be this hip, like, dude, we got to think about this. So right. I just think, in the Danny Ainge era, there wasn't a lot of ex- extensions, and there was certainly not any that didn't involve what we would consider max caliber players, Rondo, Jalen, Jason, all that. But, like, you know, this is a situation where, um, you know, they have to think about it. And I, I know these don't happen often, but um, it's a unique circumstance in its own. The team is in a unique position. And so uh, once they figure everything else out, I, the other way I put it for people, because, I, I, you know, I get a lot of pushback immediately, and I get it. But would you rather spend, if the money goes up to $16, $18 million, would you rather put that into Evan Fournier, who just got roasted in the Nets series mm-hmm. defensively? You know, like, okay, that's the Nets. They do that to everybody. But, um, you know, you can find shooting. And it's a premium. You pick out a, the, the Celtics were devoid of size and shooting. But I'd rather put that resource to a guy who could be a surefire part of this core for the next five, eight years than necessarily the 28-year-old where we've seen what happens as they start to hit 30 and go to the other side. So just all part of the balancing act. And like, God bless you, Brad Stevens, because, <laughs> man, do you like a challenge. Like, I'm going to go be GM in the one of the worst possible situations while trying to undo this shoelace knot that Danny Ainge has left me uh, with this with this roster. But, yeah, you know, I, I yeah. can't wait to see what he does. Good luck with that. Um, I Although you know what you know what he could do, uh, Robert Williams, player coach. <laughs> that would I be that would, work. that would be amazing. Uh, let's just wrap <laughs> it up with this. I I don't see any scenario where he's traded unless it's part of a bigger deal for a superstar, Whew. right? Like, but it could be, could be. Like, I can't, I can't. Like, they don't have a lot of assets. Like, what are they moving? If every time someone says like, make this huge deal, I say, who are you giving up? And they say Jalen. Oh, I don't think they're trading Jalen. Um, you know, could you? If you find a deal that you have to get off Kemba Walker's money, you're going to give up something. You right. don't have a lot of draft assets left, so you can't, like invariably, you cannot. If if it's if you say we traded Robert Williams to get off Kemba Walker's money, uh, my head would explode. Uh, but yeah. that, that, oh, you, you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that would also, I guess, you could probably probably take that as they probably have no faith in his hip being healthy. That right. would be the only the only explanation where they were like, he's going to fall apart. We'll send them the medicals. Maybe they won't see that he's going to fall apart. This is our chance to get off him. It's going to suck. But that, that's the only explanation. But I cannot, no way. Like, if you're giving up a player to get off of Kemba's money, it's got to be like Romeo or Neesmith or somebody that's like on that, on that cusp of we don't know what he's going to be. And you, you, we'll give you a guy that you can maybe try to pull the promise out of him, but... No way do you give up Robert Williams. It's just too yeah. important to what these guys are going to do. No matter who the coach is, he's still you're still getting a, a passer like that out of the high post is 
way too valuable in the NBA. No matter what system they're running, they're going to need that. So yeah. that would be. Unfortunately, the Celtics have never had a scenario where they've traded someone with a hip issue and have it come back to bite them. Yeah. So. <laughs> and on that note, we're wrapping up the show. <laughs> Uh, Love you, Rob. Get healthy. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Chris Forsberg, uh, NBC Sports Boston. Always appreciate it. We put out like the the Robert Williams signal and uh, have you come calling. You always answer too. I appreciate that. I love that about you. I'm trying to think what the Rob symbol would be. He needs like a logo. What would it be? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know what it what it should be like a, a. silhouette of a clock or like with a crown oh, on sure, it or something sure, like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. That could, that could work. I'll get, I'll get, uh, I don't, I don't know if Rob has a shoe deal. I mean, he should probably not the best time. Like if, whoever has his shoe deal should probably work on toe and ankle <laughs> support. Uh, but yeah, like they, they need to get, they need to get cracking on that. Like Jason Tatum's got his logo. Now Kemba's got, obviously his all air Jordan stuff. Sure. Uh, Aaron Neesmith has his new balance stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so get on it. Uh, shoe, shoe endorsement. Somebody, yeah, Maybe somebody. call it Rolex. Make it, I know, right? Somebody make a logo for the time warp. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate I have a, you. I have an entire offseason to work on this <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Chris Forsberg from NBC Sports Boss. I really appreciate him joining the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're a new subscriber or if you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's great. I would love for you to do that. Um, and thanks for listening. Share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.